Welcome to the Power Block Fitness Podcast. My name is Jason Lindsay. And my name is Katie Truex. Katie Truex, you made it today. Thank you for coming. My so, pleasure. So Thanks, glad, Jason. So glad you could get here. How is how is your morning? My morning's been a little bit crazy, but I'm glad to be here sitting on my butt chatting with you, gentlemen. It's one of those days in Minnesota where yeah. it's, you might as well be inside. I think the, the rest of the weekend is going to be awesome. Uh, weather maybe a little cooler than we'd like, but we'll take it. It's Memorial Weekend. Yeah. Are you playing golf? Yes. Yeah. Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Heard of it. Yep. Yeah. Small town. Balmoral or that, Thumper is the name of the golf course. The, the, well, I'm sorry. The, the, they have two courses up there. Oh, yeah. And one of them is called? Balmoral. Never heard of it. And then Thumper. Thumper. Thumper Pond. So you're going to Fergus Falls, which most people listening, have many no people idea. probably no idea. Yep. Three-hour drive from Minneapolis? Roughly three hours. It's about an hour out of Fargo-Moorhead. Yeah. No, right. I know where- Well, I'm telling them. No, good point. Yeah, I know where it is. I've been there. I have a friend that lives in Fergus Falls, owns a resort. I am driving three hours to western Minnesota, Marshall to Minnesota to play golf. <laughs> Welcome to the Power Block Golf Podcast. My name is Jason. No. <laughs> we, we, we Maybe got, we should start that one too. We, yeah, we should do the golf podcast. No, but we're, we're actually, appreciate you listening, listeners. Absolutely. You listen to us for many reasons. Hopefully- to get inspired or motivated by some of our fitness peeps, not to hear us talk about golf. That seems to be something that we've told some stories, at least I have. But today we're not even, t- I don't have a fitness peep. I mean, nope. we got a fit, we got a person who's fit. She's but, very fit. But how would you describe her? We're going to ask her how she, what she, you know, what, what she says when people say, what do you do? Uh, she is the queen beast of scream. That's what she does. And she has little beastlings. That right, beastlings. I'm not a beastling. You're, I am not. You're not I a am now. I want to be. Well, yeah. We'll talk about how we become. The, she is incredible. The official order of beastlings. Is there like some sort of you know password passcode? What do you got to do to be a beastling? I would love to know. And do you think she likes the queen beast of scream? Like I think she does, right? She refers to herself as the. I don't know if she refers to herself as that. But if but I if I if I say hey we've got the queen title. beast of scream on, I don't think she'll be offended. It rhymes and it sounds great. Does. It's a heck of a title. How do you say her name? Elisa White Gluz. Yeah. And I promise you that I'm working my butt off after Reese. Yeah. Let me get this. Reese. Reese Athide. Athide. So Elisa White Gluz. Correct. To my pre- knowledge. We'll pretty, ask her. Pretty cool name, eh? She's from, yeah, eh. She's from, <laughs> she's from Quebec, yeah, right? Yeah, correct. And very fluent in French. Uh, I was going to ask her that. Well, yeah. you, you might have that down on, on, on the list of questions. I'm excited. You know, she's a rock star. What can you, is it? What, is that a proper term, rock star? I would call her a rock yeah. star, absolutely. Yeah. And the association is she's, uh, you know, she has power blocks. Yeah. Yeah. And she obviously works out with them. So the story on that, and we're, I think we're going to put a disclaimer in moving forward about power blocks and the people that come on our podcast, just to be on the up and up, something we hadn't thought about before, not trying to hide anything, but a lot of these people we have a relationship with that that we've, we've asked them to do stuff. Hey, here's some power blocks. Would you sample? Would you try the product out? And in her case, she already had power blocks. We didn't know who she was. And she reached out to say, Hey, I got these power blocks. I love them. But I was wondering, could I get this? Do you have this available? And so then uh, the connection came. Sure. That's the deal. Yeah. That's how the relationship started. Correct. That's amazing. Yeah. And her husband, who's got a interesting name as well. Very. Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. And he heads a band called... The Misfits. How am I not in that band? <laughs> You'd be a great fit. I should front The Misfits. He's a fascinating guy. We'll get him on some at some point. They but, are both ripped. But let's stop. Let's stop. Let's get her on. Let's stop yeah, talking about I'm it. I'm in. Let's get, are you ready? Let's go. Boom.
And Kitty, we got her on the phone. Here she is. I, it, probably one of the most mispronounced names in in music. <laughs> but we got but it right. Alisa White Gloves. Alisa White Gloves. Did we get that right? Yes, Alisa. that's right. Woo! That's awesome. How are you How doing today? How are you guys today? doing? We're good. We're solid. We're excited that you joined us. And Alisa, question for you. Two questions. Where are you at right now and what color is your hair? Yeah. Okay, so my hair is blue and has basically always been blue. Oh. I know that people like to like Photoshop other colors on mm. my hair, but I can guarantee that like 99% of the photos originally came with blue hair. So it's still blue. And uh, I'm in Europe right now. Yeah, we like the blue. And yes. you're in Europe. Are you? In, is it Germany? Yeah, yeah. Cool. And what? how long have you been in Germany? Have you been there for a while? Is that where you live now? You know, before COVID, I kind of lived everywhere because we were just touring so much. And then for all of 2020, like everybody else, I was more stationary. And But I still have to get a lot of work done. And my bandmates are all based in Europe. You know, mm -hmm. my whole... My whole band is here and a lot of the music scene that I work in is based in Europe. So as soon as I was able to, I just made a point of getting over here so that I could continue working in the best way possible. Because doing music remotely, I know it's doable, but it's really not, for me, it doesn't work as well. So I like to physically be with the people that I'm making music with. Got it. And let's, let's go back to July 1st, 1995. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in Montreal, in Canada. In and Canada. you're a Leo, which is a great I'm a Leo. on stage mm -hmm. presence. And I know Jason doesn't really care about that, but I would actually love to know how you started in musical theater. You know, being a Leo, you're born to be on stage. So how did you even start getting to be the queen beast of Scream, Elisa? Well, I, I grew up in a very creative household, a household that's very conducive to making music, making art, creative writing, photography, painting. I'm really lucky in that sense that my parents and my, you know, my sister and I would sort of put on these musical theater performances for our parents when we were little, like I think a lot of kids do, but we really went all out, like making the set design and playing instruments and putting on fashion shows. And I love doing that. You know, for, for toys, we had like a camcorder we, where we could make animations and make, you know, claymations and little TV shows and write scripts. And so my sister and I have always been really into that. My sister is also actually a musician still now. And her band is called No Joy in cool. a totally different genre of music. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I kind of just always had a, a passion for it i really love the idea of storytelling through song which is why i like musical theater also because i mean with with certain musicals there's no dialogue that isn't sung and i really like that so i love musical theater i love the way that it combines a lot of the same things that we combine when we p perform a show set design lighting design you know song lyrics like all that stuff it's it runs in parallel with what i do now so I just basically started, you know, going to a lot of local shows, eventually started making my own bands, performing with my own bands and really did the, you know, I guess the typical like slow climb up the ladder and just kept grinding away and kept making all the necessary sacrifices and and moves to be able to grow my music to where it is now. And so I hope to continue that trajectory. That's amazing. I, I want to just give you some props for doing it you know not the easy way so to speak or like you said just keep grinding i love that 
Did you always know that you want to be a rock star? No, I, you know, I kind of actually wanted to be an astronaut first. (laughs) And, and I also was considering like going into professional sports at one point in high school and university. I was always like top of the class in every subject. I love learning. I love school, which I know sounds crazy to a lot of people, but I really liked it. And so I had a lot of kind of doors open for me and, and being a quote unquote rock star was not actually one of them. Uh, So it just kind of happened and took over. Do you call yourself a rock star? Hmm. No, no, (laughs) I I figured that from the way that you said it. Now, what, what would you call yourself if someone were to say, Hey, Hey sister, what do you do? I say I'm a musician Mm -hmm. or, or I say I'm a performer depending on you know, if I'm talking to a friend or like a customs agent, you know, like it, it, it changes. But yeah, I would say musician, artist, performer. Also, you were interested in being an artist, like a, a, a painter. Do you still paint? Yeah, I love painting. I love doing oil paintings, but I, I basically had to put that on the back burner because it's just impossible to carry oil paints on tour Mm -hmm. it's extremely messy there's you know lots of flammable liquids it's heavy it's it takes forever to dry you're in a moving tour bus that's all bumpy so you know plus even if you wanted to paint inside the venue which i have tried before usually the lighting in there is not very good so you can't see what you're doing and you risk dropping oil paint on the venue floor which i'm sure nobody thank you (laughs) you know so it's just it doesn't make sense to do it on tour but recently i've gotten really into painting on my ipad so doing digital paintings but using the same kind of techniques that i would do with traditional oil painting and that i'm really enjoying technology yeah that's awesome let's talk about arch enemy did you was that a band that you formed or did you join that band yeah i joined this band so arch enemy is actually celebrating 25 years of being a band this year but 25 years ago i was 10 so so i wasn't in it from that point but i've been in it for like almost a decade now and which is crazy which really feels weird to say but it's true and yeah i always loved their music before joining and i love it even more now that i'm a part of making it come to life so you were a fan first and then you joined the band that's super cool and you are you guys really touring well I, I suppose covid affected this but 200 250 times a year is that is that your typical amount of yeah days? i mean we i i don't keep i don't count as much as like some of the other people in our team are good at keeping track but we we've, we've definitely done at least 250 shows in one year before it's you know something we hope to get back to as soon as possible and i'm very confident that that's going to happen very soon cuz i feel like covid is you know, finally getting its ass out the door. But yeah, we tour a lot. We just, you know, we make music so that we can go in and perform it. And and then we just do that everywhere that we possibly can. Have you played live shows recently? Well, no, because of COVID. So you haven't, do you have something coming up? Is it, have some dates? Yeah. Yeah, we have a tour coming up in, in Europe. So it'll be interesting to see how that works because... You know, in the United States, if you want to do a tour, you can do a 30-day tour in the United States and you're just in one country. Mm. But if you do a tour of Europe, you're doing a 30-day tour across like 15 countries possibly. So 
it's not quite as straightforward right now. Normally within a European tour, there's very minimal border crossings. You know, it's all it's all EU. It's it's really simple. But now with COVID, each country has its own rules. So we'll have to see how that's going to go. But yeah, we basically we have a UK Europe tour and I'm really hoping that that can just kickstart, you know, the return of live music for us. And but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, I've got a question while you're on tours and things like that, because, I mean, 200 to 250 shows, that's that's got to take a lot out of you. How do you train? What what does your training look like on the road to, to keep up your stamina and endurance? Yeah, yeah. So actually, my training on the road is pretty similar to my training at home. I used to be like really into going to the gym to work out because I actually used to work at the gym when I was a teenager and then when I was in my early 20s. And so I just continued going and working out there. But then Doyle actually, Doyle says hello, by the way. Hello, Doyle. Um, Doyle. <laughs> yeah. He introduced me to Power Blocks and that's what he uses. You know, everyone think everyone asks him what he does to stay in this incredible shape that he's in. And he like just uses Power Blocks. And so we have a set at home. We have two sets at home, actually. And that's what we do. We work out with those at home, you know, a yoga mat, Power Blocks, pull-up bar on the bench like we have the dip station attached to the bench and that's basically it and that's exactly the same setup that I have on tour I have have the power blocks the bench and a yoga mat and I just use it every day I bring it into the venue every day or sometimes one of my crew members you know swears at me under their breath while they're carrying (laughs) in you know 50 pounds per hand of power blocks up the stairs and my drummer and I are the ones that use it the most but basically we just have it there so that anyone that wants to get a workout in can grab it and, and get a little workout in. So you headbang a lot. And I actually kind of wanted to ask, how do you keep your neck in the best shape for jamming in the headbang arena? Yeah. So there's something called, well, I don't know if it's an official term, but I call it bang over, which is (laughs) the next day after you do like your first show of the tour, you have bang over, which is like your, your neck is just like killing you. Like you're, you feel like a bobblehead, like. It's it's insane, but actually after like two or three shows of tour, that feeling just goes away and you're just totally fine with it. I, I, I do a lot of stretching. I actually think I have to be careful with my neck, but also I am lucky in the sense that I have a lot of like big heavy hair and that takes on most of the momentum. So I kind of just need to like give it a good start and then it kind of spins mm-hmm. on its own. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so it's uh, it looks pretty intense and it can be intense, but there's like ways of making it work for you rather than just like you make it look you. really good. It looks yeah. awesome. Bang over. <laughs> Thank you. Bang over. <laughs> I think someone should trademark that. Alisa. What's it what's it like being a super picky eater and a, a vegan? Is that, are there challenges that come with that, especially on the road? Actually, no. You know, I've been vegan for 23 years now, I think, and I was vegetarian for my whole life before that. So I've always been very aware of what I'm eating and, you know, the nutritional values in what I'm eating, what to look out for, what to avoid, what what's good, what's bad. In general, I've always avoided processed foods just because I don't like them. Like you said, I'm a, I'm really a picky eater also, like on top of being vegan, but it's actually not that hard. You know, you'd think it would be a lot more difficult, but now, I mean, maybe in the 90s it would have been a little bit more difficult already just in Montreal in the 90s it was mm. it was a little bit tougher, but I mean, I find vegan food and even vegan restaurants and like gourmet vegan cooking all over the world. Like even 
in China, in Taiwan, you know, even places where maybe it doesn't seem like it would be that easy to find this kind of food. I, I find it. So I rely heavily on Happy Cow. That's the app that basically geolocates you and tells you what vegan things mm. are nearby. And and we also, you know, I always keep a good stock of like nuts and fresh fruit and things like that because I like to eat that kind of stuff on the road anyways. If I eat anything too heavy, then I feel like it's weighing me down for the show. So it's actually pretty easy. How annoyed do you get when people find out you're vegan and ask you about protein? You know, <laughs> I, try, <laughs> I try not to get annoyed. I just show them a picture of Doyle and walk away. <clears throat> That's, oh, he's vegan as well. Great they, answer. Not, right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's vegan. Yeah. Cool. Now, speaking of vegan, I know that you actually use your platform, Art Meets Activism. Do you want to talk about that, what you do for, you know, activism with animals and things along those lines? What What are you working on right now, Alyssa? I'm sorry, Alyssa. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I when I started doing music... I realized I was doing this really intense, heavy music that requires a lot of passion and a lot of anger. And the only way I could actually evoke those emotions was to write about something that I am actually passionate about. And that, for the most part, is animal rights and and human rights, environmental issues, things like that. But I don't do it in necessarily like the hardcore punk way where I'm literally naming names and and you know, using exact terms, I kind of do it in a more abstract poetic way, but that's kind of what's driving me. And so I, I wouldn't feel right if I just didn't actually talk about those things on my platforms, because I feel like, I mean, I've said this before, but you know, what's the point in screaming if you have nothing to say? So oh, I, you know, I work with a few different organizations, for example, with my Patreon, we are sponsors of a few different uh, rescued farm animals. So there's uh, a turkey that we sponsor named Peapod, and there's a pig that we sponsor named Pom Pom. And <laughs> we also, every month, every every member of my Patreon every month is responsible for planting a tree because I take the proceeds and I donate them to Trees for the Future, which has a really interesting forest garden approach where they actually train impoverished families in sub-Saharan Africa to build forest gardens so that they can not only be adding green to the earth, which obviously helps in many ways that we're all familiar with, but it also gives them a way to eat and a way to sell the produce that they make and earn earn a living. So I just feel I like I like those sort of like multifactorial approaches to activism. And so I basically try to include that with everything that I do. And as much as possible also, I mean, this also kind of stopped because of COVID, but I'll attend or host or speak at lots of animal rights marches, vegan camp out, like things like that. I hope that that'll be starting up again soon once COVID allows for it. I wish I could give you so many high fives right now. That was awesome. Thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> Zoom high fives. Zoom high fives, good vibes, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> all of the above. Now, I had one question. Hold on. It was it was about your activism. Jason, do you have anything for her? Go ahead. Well, I wanted to, is this accurate? Do you make your own clothes? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so when it comes to like stage clothes, I'm also very particular. I have an idea of what I want the stage show to look like. And me being on stage in my head, I'm a part of that show. Kind of like in theater, like you wouldn't just, you know, have like a contemporary piece and then put someone from a totally different time period on stage. You know what I mean? Like you want it right. to fit. 
And so that's how I look at our performances also. And so sometimes I'll partner with, you know, these kind of like one woman shops. It's that's something I really like to do where it's just basically like one girl who makes a bunch of clothes. And so sometimes I'll partner with with them. I've partnered with like a lot of them at this point where, you know, I'll just, I'll basically commission them and I'll, I'll pay them for an item and we'll send sketches back and forth and just make something that that we both like. And then sometimes I make it myself from either from scratch or I take something that I already have and I just sort of like cut it apart and use it in a different way. It really depends on what I what I need. So, yeah, I mean, I have, you know, like two sewing machines and just a huge shelving wow. unit full of art supplies. Multi-talented. I, I kind of just, <laughs> just incredible. Yeah. yeah. How would someone find you or where would you send them to find you in your Patreon? And, you know, someone said, I really want to dig into what this awesome woman is doing how would they find you well you can find me on all the socials so instagram my handle is at alisa white Gloves. i think on tiktok it's alisa white Gloves official because i only just made a tiktok and i think somebody already like stole my name on it mm. so <laughs> i think it says official on it on facebook it's alisa white Gloves or facebook.com slash alisa fans is the url twitter it's at a white patreon.com slash alisa white Gloves. that's where i share a lot more actually things that i don't share on the mm -hmm. other other social platforms and i do live streams and there's exclusive merch and i share my paintings there too so yeah that's where they could go and and those patreon followers are called beastlings is that correct yeah yeah that's right how would one become a beastling so basically this, you know, I don't know where this nickname came from, but at a certain point, people started calling me Queen Beast. Uh -huh. And I don't know who started that. It might have been Doyle, but I genuinely can't remember. And so then at a certain point, the, you know, fans were saying like, well, we need a name too. And so I was like, well, what about Beastlings, you know? And so I guess, you know, to be a Beastling, you just have to basically be a fan of of Arch Enemy. And if you want to be like an official Beastling, then you can join my Patreon. The lowest tier is $2 per month. And that really, really helps in supporting. This is how it works on Patreon. So not just for myself, but anyone that you support on there, you're helping them continue to make their art, continue to make whatever it is that they do. And so for me, that goes right into music and I'm able to, well, things and, and make the exclusive merch, of course, but also it's allowing me to explore uh, my music in a way that I wasn't able to before. But when it comes down to it, all you have to do to be a Beastling is just listen to some Arch Enemy. Love it. And you will be in Minneapolis again someday, right? I know this. Pretty right? please? I mean, well, no, I mean, I'm guessing, right? You guys, Arch Enemy will come. Do, do you, yeah, for sure. I don't know where you play when you're here, but I'm definitely going to be there. I'll be a Beastling. And, yeah, there you go. But I need, I need, to, <laughs> I need to, I like the sage advice, don't scream unless you know, have something to say. But I love that too. How would you teach me how to scream? I mean, you've done this, right? What, any advice? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, you have to really understand the sound you want to make. I think that sometimes people think screaming is just basically like talking really loud mm. and that's not going to make the sound that i make so first you got to listen to a lot of metal and really decide what sound it is that you want to make and really focus on just creating that sound intuitively with your body um, because it's not really the same feeling as you would get if you just you know saw a car headed towards you and screamed like that's not <laughs> the same that's not really like the same kind of noise that you'll make but yeah basically i would say 
keep your ears focused on the sound that you want to make start lightly and then sort of fine tune like make a sound mm. analyze the sound you made and fine tune it was it too breathy was it too throaty was it too high was it too low where do you want to go from there but also give yourself time because when you start out it can hurt but it shouldn't hurt in the long run so like when i do it it doesn't hurt but it can hurt at first but it's almost like it's almost like you're making the sound like a cat hissing so that kind of a sound mm. but then you actually engage your larynx a little bit and you kind of develop this technique where you can kind of control the vibration of your larynx so that you're not producing a note but you're just producing texture Jason and I are just chilling here, literally no, that, wanting to try it. Well, so yeah, I mean, I can't do this in my office after <laughs> this. I have to wait to the drive home. Yeah, but that, yeah. That, that is awesome. How do you um, keep your vocals yeah, you've trained? Train, you've I mean, train how do you not lose your voice consistently doing that? Yeah, I, well, I mean, touring so much definitely helps because it's you know it's like with training your muscles. It's mm -hmm. like you get that muscle memory in there. You develop you know, a comfortable range of motion, let's say, you know how much weight you can lift, you know, it's, it's really, sure. it's like a muscle, you know, you, you're able to kind of know where you stand. And then the more you do it, the better you get, the stronger you get. But I'm very careful too. you know, I don't smoke, I don't drink alcohol, I, I try to actually limit the amount of speaking that I do after the show, I kind of just try to go to bed after the show, which is very boring. But you know, I'm there, I'm there to perform not it's to very party, professional. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to be Very a lot of musicians are because this is, you know, this is the only, this is our only source of livelihood actually. So for, for a lot of musicians, so we have to be, but yeah, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm very careful with that. And, you know, I also do like not, not so much in Arch Enemy, but I also do, you know, more traditional singing, just like straight up normal rock singing. And so having a foundation of having been doing that for so many years also allows me to understand how my voice works even more so yeah i'm just very aware of i'm very aware of my instrument I, you know and i take care of it do you have a preference screaming or clean vocals i really love both actually mm. yeah your range is incredible equally. by the way I, I listened to a lot of a lot of what you sang in in the past and with other bands that you've had do you have you. a favorite song that you enjoy singing on stage oh man i think right now it would be first day in hell with Arch Enemy. And that's about your grandparents, so, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it's just like so moody and like in the set when we do it. I mean, that that's going to change in the next tours. But on the most recent tour, the point in the set where we were doing it was when I was just like peaking kind of like yeah. totally warmed up and just like full on energy. And it's just really fun to sing that song. But it changes all the time. It really changes, you know, tour by tour and of course you know if you make new music and you have a new album then you like doing the new songs because they're new so For sure yeah do you usually write the songs or is it you know kind of a, a collaborative effort it's totally collaborative so uh the founder of the band is uh my guitarist who's usually on stage right named michael amott and so he writes the music he writes some of the lyrics sometimes we get together and co-write the lyrics you know, sometimes I write lyrics and I just bring them and I'm like, this is about this. And yeah. And then, you know, we basically just want to make the best songs possible. So that that process is a lot of fun, too, because we sit there and just go through everything and analyze every detail about how to deliver the song on the album. And it's exciting. It's exciting to do that. But with my solo material, it's it's 100 percent me writing the, the music and the 
the lyrics and everything. I do have one musical partner for my solo album, but in Arch Enemy, it's, you know, it's really, we're, we're a band. So it's not just like, yeah, it's, it's a collaboration. Has your solo album titled Alisa, correct? Well, so the project is called Alisa, just to keep it really simple sure. for everyone. <laughs> and has that dropped already? Can we find that? No, no, oh. I'm actually I'm actually in the process of finishing it up right now. So it's not out yet. We are looking forward to that. Definitely. I can't wait to listen to that, Alisa. Alisa, thank hey, you. We appreciate your time. I know I know that you've gotta go, you're busy. And we will, you know, we'll have to get Doyle on sometime. Maybe we'll get both you on. Do you and Doyle train together? That's a good question. Like partner yeah. accountability style? <laughs> You know what? Actually, no, because we have such different training styles that anytime we have tried to do it, we just kind of get pissed off <laughs> <laughs> or I get pissed off, you know, because he he's more he lifts super heavy, lifts a failure and then takes like a good 60 to 90 second yeah. rest sure. in between each set where he kind of like does a light stretch. But I really love supersets with like hit cardio in between. So we just have like totally different training styles and he doesn't like mine and I don't like his. So we actually don't really train together. We have to kind of, we have to, we have to split the, the times when, you know, okay, you can use the power blocks now and I'll use it after. And yeah, uh, <laughs> gotta keep them separated. I That's get it. Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of power blocks, supersets are so easy with the power blocks. Well, exactly, exactly. And you know, like I said, we do have like two sets at home. We have the lighter set, which is normally the one that I use. And then we have the ones that go up to 90, which is what Doyle uses, but he actually needs it to be even heavier than that. So, I mean, we do have the two sets. We could technically work out at the same time, but I like using the heavier set too. So we just, you know, basically take turns and we make a little schedule. I dig that. Yeah, that's super awesome. And yeah, hey, if you if you are in Minneapolis, we maybe we'll ask you to come in studio. We'll see. You probably won't have time, but definitely we're going to go to the show and be a beastling, aren't we? Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to see you live. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're both more than welcome. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Elisa. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. We'll catch you later. All right. Thanks. Take care. So Elisa White Gloves. Is an amazing performer. Uh, yeah. I'm, well, it's not my kind of music. I will go if she comes. I mean, because I've just never been to that kind of show. Well, I just like to support her and the band. Yeah. Like, her as an individual. And, I mean, I'll even, maybe I'll start with actually listening to some Arch Enemy songs on a regular basis. That'd probably be a good idea. But yeah, she's super cool. I, I mean, just impressive. You know, things I wanted to ask her that we just didn't have time for, you know, maybe we'll get her on again. Hopefully. Some some fitness, like, you know, why why is it important to her? You know, why, why are her and Doyle are, you know, big into fitness? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I think it's safe to say there's plenty of rock stars that aren't. That, I, yeah, that might be safe to I say. Mean, it, it, certainly, it's not something that, I would say professional rock stars that really want to keep themselves in the best shape definitely would it's, be it's, training. It's certainly been more do. common for a, a performer, an entertainer, whether it's country or whatever genre. You know, I mean, I'm thinking this, Keith Urban's pretty fit, right? I don't know. I'm I don't really listen to country. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm just, but my point is, it's more, but back in the day, I mean, back. 50 Cent's really fit. Is no, he? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, actually really enjoyed talking to someone about vocal training because it is it's a muscle yeah and we don't think about our vocals as a muscle necessarily well you enjoyed it because you sang well but, yeah <laughs> this this episode might have been a little bit for me thanks jason appreciate that <laughs> called you out appreciate the, it uh no no but but she was uh, but other questions on like that maybe listeners could benefit from as well as us but Absolutely. you know what why did 
it sounds like she's living the dream. I didn't want to necessarily ask her. I should, I could ask her that. Like, I mean, she's not very old. No, and she's, she's been 35 with, and right she's now. been with this band for years. I mean, she's like, we didn't, it wasn't on the list. And I'm not criticizing you, but did she ever have a job? Like, what is this? <laughs> did you find that out? I, I did not. Yeah. No. Because I'm always fascinated with people that just never have a job. You know what I mean? They and just, just do what they love from yeah, day one. Yeah. 19 years old. They're like, they go to university or whatever they call it, right? College and say, F, screw this. And they can edit that out. And I, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to drop out and, and do something else. I mean, I used to work. That's what I did, Jason. Okay. I dropped out of college well, to become a performer. And it's becoming more and more common. And, you know, I, I'm 48. No shame in I'm my 48. game. I'm 48. No, I, I, I probably never criticize anybody who dropped out of college because I've never been like, I don't do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But I do come from the day and age where you you do that. College was a thing, kind of yep. Na- ninety one to ninety five still was in it. But it, but I'm on the last generations where it was affordable. On the downslope, I was yeah. one of the last generations where you, it wasn't that big a deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I came out of college after four or five years with only probably fifteen grand debt, if that. Lucky. Now what you know what is it? So I had that in one year and I didn't even finish. So I worked for a guy who did do that, dropped out, and just went right into owning the neighborhood gym and now he's worth millions of dollars and fr- franchised and you know Ooh, i mean shakalaka. so i mean those stories are all there often are those stories that drop out college dropout uh-huh. so anyway and i don't know if she dropped out did she we i have no idea yeah. that's i wouldn't call her a college dropout no i know no, that's i don't know how we got on that but anyway she was uh entertaining you know a lot of, a lot of obviously good from there. an early age with her parents yeah creating costumes and props and yeah. god that had to be a fun family to be a part of yeah uh, the baseball player, you know, astronaut, astronaut. just kind of one of those dreamers. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I, doesn't she strike as the kind Obviously of person shooting who's just for the like, stars. if yes. I want to do something, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I don't done. care. <laughs> it, which is easier said than done, but some people say it and then other people do it. So very know. good role model yeah. for, for a young age. Absolutely. I agree. She was really fun did, to talk did to. Did she have kids? Her and Doyle? I don't think so. Yeah. I didn't find any. Yeah. Yet her and Doyle definitely make a really cool rock star couple. Cool. Well, hey, listen, we we'll appreciate you guys listening. Anything you want to add about Lisa White Gloves? Cool name. Not that, but I would love you to share and subscribe and support. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, Power Block Fitness Podcast should be in your wheelhouse every week, every Monday, and soon to be every Monday and Thursday. Yeah. We're set to record uh, a second episode here. Just you and I, Kitty. Are we going to be able to Just do this? you and I. It's going to be tough. Ebony and Ivory. We might make it two weeks and call it quits. No. Look, look, look for that on, on Thursdays. But, all right, thanks for having me, Kitty. Let's get to it. See you next week.